mindset tonight. Can you imagine what your life can be like? Oh, don't fucking worry about it, dude. One more second, John Brady. You know what I'm fucking push up Hello, hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, nerds and nerdettes. Welcome back, Mindset to Mike, episode number uh, six. six. Boy, seis. Again, I'm 7% Spain-Portugal on my ancestry, so seis. <laughs> I might drop these these little Spanish terms on you guys every hey, now and then. Say, say, say something else. Say seis. another mother and word, I will. So episode six, um, we're back. Uh, Jimmy Sidikovich here. Drew Castle on the other line. And uh, we're going to chit-chat with you goofballs for a little bit here. We're going to talk about a few different things. Um, And first and foremost, we're going to jump into a little morning routine check-in. We haven't – we talked about that in, I think, the first or second episode, what we do in the morning. And, uh, you know, we were both reading a book that was talking about morning routines, so we were kind of optimizing them for ourselves. And uh, it's been about a – Man, over a month now, so I figure we'll check in and see where we're at on that. What is your morning routine looking like, dude? Still pretty consistent, you know, getting up, getting hydrated. Then I'll, I'll grab the book or a book, uh, pop outside, do like at least a half an hour of reading, just sitting outside, get the UV light, get the blue light, get the circadian rhythm going. That out, outside probably helps with the reading, don't it? Because I, I, in Ohio... Going outside in the morning really is is uh, not the best option for me. And I know if I'm trying to read right after waking up, it's a struggle. But it probably helps yeah. being out there in the light, don't it? Yeah, for sure. That's a, it's a big uh, big plus. So I'll do that for about a half an hour or so. And then it's probably around 7.30-ish. I'll come in, get another glass of water. And I'll hit some uh, some body weight stuff or the, swing the kettlebell around, get the body moving. Do that, do some reps there. And in about quarter till eight, I'll get settled in and my desk work or whatever if I got to do that. Or if I'm traveling, depending. But um, typical days, uh, by eight o'clock, I'm uh, ready to go blast some emails off and check in for the day and get going on work stuff. But When you're traveling, when, what do you do with the the... You're not throwing kettlebells around. What are you doing? No, I'll do is like burpees mm. and like like squats and push-ups and like air squats, push-ups and stuff like that. Um, typically, shower in the morning when I travel too. I don't like shower every morning uh, at home. Maybe shower the night before, but and the water's not really that cold here. But I'll do the cold showers on the road for sure. Yeah. And then if I got time between my travels for the day, I'll I'll read a little bit. But sometimes I have to skip the reading because I don't get up early enough when I'm traveling. Yeah. Um, I am. So here's my update. I am. I've been incredibly consistent with the uh, cold showers and the hydration. I'm doing that every morning. Have been for a few weeks. Um, and I've gotten the cold showers have totally changed for me. I got that super duper cold water, but I. Now I'm to the point after doing it for so long that 30 seconds is easy with the breathing. So, um, you know, I'm in there for, for closer to a minute in the cold water and it's a more relaxed scenario. Uh, it almost doesn't feel cold once you're like, if you really focus on your breath work, I mean, 
I don't know if, if you experience it, but it's like it's you could feel it like initially, but after that, it's like man, I could probably stay in here for a little while. Maybe yeah, it's, not, it, it's not bad at all if you're if if you're focusing on the breathing for sure, and then you, you with your body becoming used to it, obviously it gets a little better, and you still right. get that little, you know, it kind of takes the wind yeah. out of you, but but your breathing brings you back, and um, man, wakes you up. I love it. Um, I love the feeling getting out of the shower after that because you're you're kind of tight, and you're you're just like ready to go. I want to get out and just like, I don't know, just like rip the cabinet door off or something. I'm just fired up. <laughs> and, uh, and so I've been doing, I do that every morning really consistently. And, um, no matter what, I mean, if I, even if I don't need to take a shower in the morning, I still get in and do the cold shower. Um, and then right. the hydration I'm doing that still. So the salt and lemon in, uh, some room temperature water, that's the first thing I, I drink, uh, first thing I ingest in my body every day. Um, it's usually right after I get out of the shower and I've been putting, you know, at first I was putting, he wanted three grams of salt was the recommendation in the book we were reading. And that was way too much. So I've just been doing it a little bit like to taste, you know, how much I can, (laughs) however much salt I can physically get down, but it's been getting more and more. So I don't know. I don't think I'm at three grams yet, but I'm still, I'm doing more and more salt as the day goes by. And, um, just feeling, just feeling funky with it, dude. Feeling alive, feeling good in the morning. So, um, that's probably why I cut the hair on half my face. I was so fired up. Just didn't have time for that shit. Right. And, uh, so I've also been, I, I haven't been doing any workout or anything like that, but I would, I would say three to four days a week for probably the last two weeks. I've been doing, um, uh, a little meditation also just, uh, I'm using the Headspace app, just getting into it. So just doing a few minutes of light meditation, still like learning how to do meditation. Um, so that's been interesting. I need to be a little more consistent with that. Um, that That's what I, when something happens in the morning, like the kid wakes up or I'm running late, um, that's what I cut out. So to save time. So I need to, I need to just get up a little bit earlier and make some time for that. But um, that's been really cool learning that. That's tough, man. You, you, you experiment with that at all? yeah uh, doing that trying to find time for meditation and then i actually like two days ago i started doing it's called a holotropic holotropic breathing have you heard of that i've heard of it i don't know what it is it's like it's just a series of breath work kind of like wim hof okay like it's you know a series of inhales exhales in a certain pattern and you do it for i don't know a few minutes but like you get super super hyper oxygenate your blood Mm mm-hmm and like totally calms your body and then uh, i mean there's been people reports of like it's almost kind of like uh like you get some hallucinogenic effects almost you're in a sense you're out here tripping in the morning dude yeah it's like taking some uh acid with your breath bro <laughs> that, that breath acid i know some no, people with that do acid that in the breath. evenings <laughs> right <laughs> i do that in the evenings but dude like Talk about total relaxation. Like, I'll be, I'll, it only takes, you know, 10, 15 minutes maybe. And at the end of it, dude, I'll sit up and, like, that's when I'll go in, like, you know, a deeper meditation or something. But it's like, wow, this is, like, super relaxing. You just, like, any stress that you had that day is totally gone for sure. Yeah, the, the meditation thing, what, what's tough for me is, is uh, well, what's interesting is because I, I always have trouble with letting my mind wander. Like I'm just always thinking about something unless Mm -hmm. I'm zoned out on like some TV or something or reading. Um, 
you know, my mind is I'm thinking about different things at work or the podcast or all this different stuff. So, uh, it, you know, in the beginning, I'm like, man, this meditation stuff, it's just not working. It's not for me because I can't control my thoughts at all. Um, well, a little bit, but not, not much. But what's interesting is they talk you through it in the first few days and they're like, you know, it's okay to let your thoughts wander as long as you, while it's happening, can recognize that they're wandering and then slowly right. bring them back in, which is really cool. So again, I've only done it a couple weeks, but, um, getting better at it. I hope to get even, uh, even better, but that's my morning, man. Um, uh, I, I do want to do a little more, uh, get a little more active. I'll do some push ups or whatever, but that's not, I'd like to get a little more active than that. Maybe with a kettlebell or a little mini trampoline or something, or I don't know, get a little install a ballet thing in my basement and just do ballet. <laughs> I could see you in a, in a like a leotard jumping on your trampoline and shit. I don't got the feet for ballet, dude. I got weak feet. <laughs> but anyway, uh, <laughs> um, that's it. Morning routine. So, uh, book update. Uh, I am reading. I just started this Jordan B. Peterson Twelve Rules for Life and Antidote to Chaos. Um, I just started this. I'm only halfway through the first chapter, so I don't got much to report on that I can really talk about too much because he's still just getting into it. There was a long forward um, to the book, and uh, I would tell you if you got it, you could probably skip the forward. Um, unless you know nothing of Jordan Peterson, then it might be worth it. But um, the you know the first chapter, where I'm at now, he's talking about uh, – well, he starts talking about lobsters. It's actually kind of – kind of interesting i can see where he's going with this chapter one or rule one is stand up straight with your shoulders back he starts talking about lobsters and their territory and essentially it's how how lobsters and all these other animals um kind of subconsciously create a hierarchy and um and the what's really interesting about lobsters is they have serotonin just like we do Uh, their nervous systems are pretty similar to ours so the he's talking about these studies where um the the lobster winners, the ones that fight and win and end up at the top of the hierarchy, um, their brains just naturally begin producing more serotonin, which is confidence. So uh, relates directly to somebody's confidence. So the losers, the ones that that always get beat in the fights and and the girl lobsters don't like them, they have minimal minimal serotonin. Um, so they kind of sulk and kind of like a depression, but in lobsters, which it's. It's super interesting that they're that that they're that similar to humans in that way. And actually, um, what's the drug? You mentioned a drug here that um, they did a damn. What's the name of the uh, one of the main drugs for depression? But they gave it to lobsters, and they noticed that it works on lobsters as well, like really depressed wow. lobsters. Yeah. So it's odd that we're so similar to them. But he's kind of leading to. Um, the principle of unequal distribution, which is, uh, you know, the top 1% have way more than the bottom 50%, that kind of thing, and how the hierarchy just kind of naturally happens. So mm-hmm. he's getting into that right now. So I, I'm not far enough into I can speak confidently to that. But it's really interesting so far. Uh, I'm liking it. And I, uh, so I can't recommend it because I'm not that far in. But I like what I'm reading so far. It makes a lot of sense because if you look at, like, like in the animal world, right? Like if, look for like deer and elk, for example, like the dudes, like throughout most of the year, everyone's kind of cordial or whatever. But when it comes time to mate, the dudes will just start fighting. And yeah. whoever wins, that's who gets the bone, right? Yeah. And, and reproduce. So they kind of do everything they can to get rid of the weak ones or whatever. And that's without logical thought, which 
we have the upper, yeah, yeah we have the upper hand we have logical thought but we still do the same thing which is mm-hmm. which is interesting which he it, you know in one of his talks he kind of relates he has an interesting perspective on um on um on inequality or equality of income or equality of outcome which is like the the far left which I, i'm on the left but the, not the far left, but the far left believes like everybody's created equal. Everybody should have the same things. People shouldn't be richer than other people, but that's just not possible. Um, he, wow. he talks at length about that. And it's really interesting um, how, you know, you could, you could today strip everyone of everything, give everyone exactly the same things, try to put all these processes and, and things in place to where everybody's, there's nobody's poor, everybody's equal. And, and, people will rise and become unequal. It's just, it's just nature. So um, he talks at length about that. And I, I guess that's probably for another conversation we can dive into, but you may want to check that out. Jordan Peterson, just look up um, the quality of outcome. His conversations on that really good stuff. I like it. So I'm reading a book called um, never split the difference by a guy named Chris Voss, which is a former FBI agent uh, specializing in like negotiation. Mm. Uh, so just kind of diving into that, and super interesting. Uh, one of the one of the first tactics that really drawn that I drawn to is called mirroring. Have you ever heard of like mirroring, where you just like you know act like somebody that's in front of you? Pretty much. I mean, it is exactly what it sounds like. So you're like in sync, you know, with your with your tone, your cadence, you know, the body language, and all that. With like or, the, like a customer, or it could be yeah, it could be a customer, it could be your kid could be anything dude like what's the benefit so you know when, once you when you're mirroring someone you you bring them a sense of comfort and that you know their defenses are down ah. um, and like one of the key tactics is like repeating like the last key three words that they said you know interesting so, so that that like reassures that you're listening and you're you know you're having some type of um empathy and understanding you're show, you're showing that you're paying attention to them. Yeah, you're showing which, that you're paying attention to them. Which which builds uh, <laughs> is that it? Like kind of like that. Yeah, exactly. And it builds, you know, it builds rapport and trust. That is. So I interesting. thought that was pretty interesting. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna start I'm, for the rest of the day. I'm crippling everybody with this new technique. I'm just yeah, getting just what like, I want. I'm punking everybody with this. And if if you if you repeat, like, say your boss is like, I need this uh, report done uh, in three days, and then you repeat it. You say, I'm sorry, in three days? And he goes, yeah, um, the customer is very important and it needs to be done as soon as possible. And, so, and then you say, so you're telling me that the customer needs it done in three days? And the boss will probably be like, well, I, I'm not sure. Let me check with it, you know, and go back to you. So they're li- more likely to give you more information ah. if you just, you know, reassure them with their own facts, kind of. Yeah, interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah. I thought that was pretty interesting. And then... uh. It goes into another one that I'm getting into, which is like labeling. So it's like immediately identifying that if someone has like, if they're kind of pissed off or uneasy about the situation, it, you're best to call it out like right now. So I'm getting the sense that uh, you're, you're not too comfort, comfortable with me asking for a price increase or whatever it is. You know, you just kind of call it out and label it as it is immediately. And then it'll open up you know, to more dialogue and discussion to further the negotiation. Rather than letting it fester. Exactly. I like it. Yeah. So Nice, man. So um, that's the book update. Drew, you want to get us into some uh, 
emotional intelligence. Yeah, I feel like this is something that I surprisingly, well, not maybe not surprisingly, but I felt like I've kind of had maybe not knowing what it is specifically for quite some time is the ability to like read people and, and uh, kind of, I mean, it kind of goes in with the mirroring thing in a sense. That's why it kind of all connected to me that way, like being able to understand what the person's intentions are or, you know, their personality and all that stuff. Yeah. The, the definition is of emotional intelligence is skill in perceiving, understanding and managing emotions and feelings. Um, and it's funny that, that you say you feel like you've had it because I've said on several occasions that I, I feel that I'm, I don't know where I got it because I, I, right. I don't believe either of my parents had it. But um, I, like, if, if you were to rate me on emotional intelligence, I feel that I'm way at the top. Um, yeah. and, in, and it makes up for things that you lack um, because, it, you know, you're, you're, you're reading people, you're, you're understanding what people want without We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Well, we'll do it live! Fuck it! Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! Right. Fucking thing sucks! Boom! Little technical difficulty there, but we're back. They can't hold us down. The man trying to hold us down shut us down there, but we're back. Um, we are back. Sorry about that. So anyway, we're talking emotional intelligence. Uh, gave you the definition, and uh, actually, in the meantime, um, you know, I was talking about. You mentioned this about you, and I think the same about myself is that I have a very high level of emotional intelligence, and uh, I actually like to bring better. It, it says uh, awareness of one's own emotions and moods, and, and moods and those of others, especially in managing people. I think that's really cool. Yeah. The, the the things where I lack. Um, in other areas, I'm able to make up for, I think, in being able to understand what people want, what they mean, you know, their vibe a little bit without having to ask. So you can, you can, uh, I want to please those people isn't, isn't the best way to put it, but, um, I think you know what I mean. Yeah. So I did a little bit of research because we know we were talking about this being a topic. So I just wanted to get some like actual research and see what this, like the science is behind it. So there's this thing called the big five, which basically make up uh, a personality. So one being the openness, conscientious, extroversion, agreeableness, and neuroticism. So those are like the big five that make up a personality. And then there's like subcategories as far as reading people. You know, you have the socializer, which is someone that's kind of open and direct, kind of like a dreamer type person, very creative artistic and you have like a director which is someone that's direct and guarded so they're, they're like results driven like this has to happen now and like more of more control type of person mm -hmm. and you have the thinker which is indirect and guarded and they're more like analytical and you know, not not that great at making decisions they just gathering data and stuff then the relator who is open and, and indirect and they're more like the supportive person at you know, collects and and kind of gets along with everyone and is the first to help other people out and stuff like that. So after reading that, I kind of wanted to put myself in one of these categories. I think I'm I lean more towards the relator mm -hmm. with a, with a little bit of the thinker. 
because I am like super analytical kind of guy, and um, I'm, I'm kind of introverted in, in a way. So I'm indirect, you know. I, I don't like confrontation and that kind of thing. I just don't care for it. So, I, where, where would you put yourself out of those four? What What was the one? The one where you were like, uh, I forget exactly how you put it. More of like the outgoing, like the socializer. The socializer. Can you? What's yeah. that, that that definition again? So that that's someone that's open and direct and direct, kind of like a dreamer, like you know, artistic has ideas, creative. Yeah, kind of stuff. I, I think that's more me. Um, we do, we do a train. Is that what you have, would have guessed? Yeah, exa- that's exactly right. That's funny. We do a we train people at work using this thing called DISC, which is sounds like it's relatively the same thing, but it puts you in four categories. And like the D is your uh, is your typical sales rep. It's direct, <laughs> results oriented. It's um, not the D that I know. <laughs> uh, and and then the it, it's it's results oriented. It's less about people and it's more fast paced. Uh, it's just like give me the facts and let's let's make a decision. You have the I, which would be me, which is the social, the outgoing. So you're you're thinking about people. You put people first, and then you're um you know you're you are still direct, but you you you're a people. And then down at the bottom quadrants are your um, S and C, which are the more analytical, the slower slower. I need some facts. S is like I'm here to support people because I still like people, and then C is um, is is more direct but still needs facts, which I think you would be more of a C, um, which sounds exactly like kind of like the definition of of the one that the one that you just mentioned. But yeah, um, I think it's it's really cool that they're all kind of um, similar. You can kind yeah. of break it down similarly, but I really like that and the ability to what I think is cool is if. Having emotional intelligence, in my opinion, is being able to categorize people and exactly. leverage that. Yeah. So, so you, you knowing what I am, you would know how to interact with me, and you can identify that. And with with high emotional intelligence, you can identify that almost right off the bat without even trying. Yeah. And, and exactly. that's kind of in your subconscious. Then you're just leveraging that, and then you use that to have a to further your relationship with everyone, and then no matter what scenario it's in. Yeah. I mean, if you just think about your day-to-day interactions, even with the people that you know the most. Um, so, you know, you have, you have a group of friends, right? They all have diff- different personalities and you can, I can, I can recognize myself when I'm hanging out with, um, with you. Uh, there's always a certain dialogue or certain, you know, kind of format to our discussions or whatever. Then when I'm with like Zach or something, it's totally different. I, I recognize myself changing kind of, yeah. my my tone and my you know my body language and that kind of stuff to to more mirror their what they're doing or you know and be on the same wavelength in a sense yeah and just you it, that's how you build relationships you're more relatable trust yeah and you're mirroring exactly it's all ties together bro wow it does i can't i cannot express how important i think emotional intelligence is i like i'm not kidding i think it's one of the main reasons i've been able to be somewhat successful mm-hmm. and i actually just recommended um, that we that we start teaching an emotional intelligence course to people at work because I think it's just so invaluable the the being able to 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 read people and react accordingly um, in a productive positive way is mm-hmm. is unbelievable and the people that don't have it you're screwed uh, you, you oh, almost really? you you almost have to be in some kind of role or some kind of of career where you are by yourself 
and you're working alone and you don't need to to work you know work with other people right yeah and i think that kind of having that uh that, that high level emotional intelligence will roll into other things like uh you know synergy which i think is super important in any collabor collaboration of efforts or whatever synergy like sin or g sin or like a sin orgy sin <laughs> sin orgies orgy. are a sin is what you're <laughs> you're basically getting at at the end of the day okay well, i like that way you break that down chop that up <laughs> so synergy being like you know combined efforts to produce a greater effect than the sum of like separate effects so you like have all these things going on at once everyone's kind of going their own direction and and uh, going towards a like maybe a like result but if they were to co collaborate and put all that together, they, that result would end up being, you know, greater than it would be them doing it on their own or whatever. Yeah, you need some emotional intelligence to be able to identify mm -hmm. those other folks. The question is, how do you, if you're someone without, that, that would rank low in emotional intelligence, how do you gain it? Um, how do you, you know, how do you learn emotional intelligence? I think that's the question. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know how that would be. I mean, it seems like something that you're just kind of naturally born with, I guess. But I think so in our cases. But I think you, like, if you if you're somebody who do, who doesn't have it, and, and you're you're in a group or you're leading a group of people, I first think, of all, do you know that you don't have it? You know, you probably don't know if you're not aware of it. You know? Right. That that's step one is identifying if you you do or don't have it. And I, I think once you understand what it is, it should be it should become apparent. And I think if you don't, the if you can at least identify what people's drivers are. So if you you know if you're working with a team or a couple other people, if you can understand if you can slow down and understand what drives that person. Right. So if it, high emotional intelligence, you can tell what this person's goal is or or and how this person needs to be kind of um, caressed through the conversation. Yeah. Uh, but if you don't, if you can at least identify their goal or their driver, what's driving them. And then you can kind of cater to that. You know, if you know that this guy you're you're teamed up with a guy in a project and you, you're like, man, this is not going well. We're, we're not we're, we're not hitting. You know, we are bad relationship we're not working productively no synergy if you can identify this guy's goal is maybe it's different than yours you know my goal is to get to the top of the company do really good maybe this guy's goal is just to work an eight to five go home and be with his family right you can if you can identify that to yourself you can now talk to him in a way that that caters to that a little bit one you can break the barrier by maybe maybe steering the conversation a little more personal but and let him let him run it to his family but then you can also gear your gear your way through the task with like a i know this guy wants to be out of here at five so i'm gonna to go to his family because that's what's driving him so i'm going to i'm gonna show him that i want to get him out of here by five o'clock yeah, because i know that that's important structure it to where he there's a he can see added value and benefit from doing whatever yeah, so then if you drop you drop little hints like, you know, um, you're checking your watch or something, you're like, hey, well, let's let's start talking about this or let's get this done so we can get out of here at five or, you know, because I, I want to get home to my family. Then, right. boom, he's like, oh, man, this guy's on the same page as me. Even right. if that means nothing to you, you'd work till midnight. Now he's thinking this guy kind of understands it. He gets me. Yeah. And then instantly your relationship shifts. And that's what if you have high emotional intelligence, you're able to do almost subconsciously. But 
if you don't have it, there's still a way to do it. I think it's identifying somebody's drivers. Yeah, that's a good point. That kind of kind of takes take a step back and you know, reevaluate everything going on. And I think to to my experience, like I feel like people that lack emotional intelligence, there's always pretty confrontational. You know, yeah. everything's kind of one sided, and because they just don't consider the other person's intentions, or you know, everything's misread, and they're not flexible so, at all. Yeah, it's it's like this is, you know, this is super confrontational and. No one wants to work with that person, obviously, because they don't see eye to eye. And so I think identifying the drivers is, is it's a great point. That's super critical. And that's how, if you have low emotional intelligence, that's probably makes up 95% of people who get that ass whooped, too. Yep, catch that out. If, if you ever go look at somebody who lost a fight, I bet they got low emotional intelligence. I don't even know why they lost, probably. They have no idea. <laughs> they have no clue what even just happened. They, they might have thought they won the fight. They know? don't got so. intelligence or emotion. They don't got none of it. <laughs> but it, yeah, I agree. To emotional intelligence is is a big one. There's actually uh, that book, Emotional Intelligence 2.0. That's been on my list like to read for a while now. I just haven't got to it. But I, man, I I think it's so important. Agreed. And synergy for sure. I'm glad you mentioned that word because that's kind of like a buzzword as well. But if you look at anything that's going well in a team environment or, or even just more than one person, there's some kind of synergy. If you're succeeding, you got people got to be not as not even necessarily like minded, but you have to be moving in the same direction. And it, right. that's not easy to do. But if you have some emotional intelligence, you can steer that ship in the right direction. That's it. Yeah, I always think about like riding a wave, you know, you got to catch that wave at the perfect time. It, you know, to ride it into shore or whatever. Deep. If you miss it, dude, guess who's still on the ocean? Subject to, to the sharks, bro. Subject. And it's Shark Week. Way to drop the ball. <laughs> See, we need a sponsorship from Discovery. That was deep. You keep dropping these gems. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also offer the other person a hot dog if you don't get along well, because I'm a firm believer that a hot dog in any in any form is uh, is a problem solver. Unless they're vegan, then you just give them the bun. Oh, vegans. Um. Anyway, what else you got, man? What do you th- What do you think? Do you think that's about it. Yeah, well, I had a question for you though. It's something I've been considering about doing. That Ooh. I think there's a lot of value behind it. Do you have like or have you ever implemented like a vision board or anything like that? Oh my God! See, that's why. That's why we're doing this. Guys, that synergy, synergy. We're synergistic. We're 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 sinning. Our energy, my energy is sinning. My energy. But at the same, I don't know where I'm going with that. Um, but a vision board, dude, I, I've been thinking about that for the last couple of weeks because I, um, we don't, it, we don't have my, we don't like our room isn't decorated and our, our bedroom isn't really decorated much. And, not, and I'm not saying it needs to be in your bedroom, but I'm just getting you to why I was thinking about it. We don't have much decoration in there. We had a TV and we don't watch any TV in the bedroom anymore. So this thing's never on. Um, but in the morning I, I, when I open my eyes, I look at the same wall every day and there's nothing there. So I look down, grab my phone. Um, and I'm trying to get away from that. And I have been reading a lot about vision boards. I think it is an incredible idea. Um, and I, I mean, I got the perfect place to put it and you know, I, I, I there's all this stuff that I already know that I want to put up there, like, like big, cause, cause I, a vision board, you obviously put your big, your long term, right. um, and, and it kind of, it not even, maybe, maybe it's more of a goal board. Um, cause I think of vision as something that you can't achieve. Like you can always keep striving for. So, 
Mm-hmm. Um, like, whereas I want to put on there, um, write a book, right. Um, and, or like do a handstand. Like that's legit a couple things that I want on my, on my board. And those are things, <laughs> if it was more of a, if it was a vision board, it would be more of be a successful author. Cause that's something you just can always keep trying to work at. But so I want to put like more goals up there, but legit dude, I, I want to, and, and I'm not saying I'm going to write a book this year, even just yeah. something to keep in front of you. I want to put that up there on I legit, I want to do a handstand because I just think that'd be sweet. Lucy mentioned it a few weeks ago and I'm like, that'd be awesome to be able to do a handstand. Dude, and, we could start a YouTube channel, the road to Jimmy's handstand. Oh, nice. I'm doing do, like weekly uh, updates of your, like you failing, uh, doing handstands. And then one day, dude, one I'm day. I'm just hitting it, walking down the steps, all kind of stuff. Everything, next thing you know, that's all you do. Like, you're just driving <laughs> upside down and shit. I'm just always <laughs> doing keg stands. <laughs> so, yeah, but so I guess to answer your question, absolutely. Yeah, I've been, I've really been thinking about it too. And it's something I kind of always want to do. I just haven't implemented. So I think I'm going to move forward with that. I think having the constant reassurance and motivation like in front of you. Yeah. It, it goes, it's hard to explain, you know, I guess, but you can think about things, but actually seeing it, it makes you internalize it more, I guess. So I'm like super into that. For sure. It's funny you brought this up too, because um, I, one of the things that if we needed to, to fill some time here, I, was, I wanted to talk about goal setting a little bit and I, I don't want to, I don't want to necessarily dive too deep into it, but um, I, I be a huge believer in goal setting, but I, I, I realize about myself I don't set small goals and I know that I should. Right. I set big picture goals, right? Like I want to be vice president of this. And then I just like attack, attack, attack every opportunity that it, that is there, that is yeah. around. Rather than setting small goals, I'm just always attacking anything that comes to me, which right. which is a different way to do it. But I, I want to be more small goal oriented as yeah, well. Yeah, then, then you can set like milestones towards that big goal, you know. Yeah, and, and you then, can, then you, you get realize. some reward. You get some reward on the way that keeps you motivated. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I know that I, I know that I need to do that. And a vision board definitely it helps. Um, and I, you know, I want to get like a little calendar, a little book, um, like a little. Uh, I already have a little journal, but a little calendar book with. I, I seen one yesterday that's got um, it's got daily goals, weekly goals, all that you can fill in there. I want one of those so I can keep those in front of me a little more and actually spend some time thinking about them. Yeah. Uh, more deliberate steps toward the big goal, I guess. But the vision board, having it in front of you so every day it's a reminder that these are things that I want to work towards, I think is I think is great. Why don't um, let's buy them today, dude. Let's just pull the trigger. Yeah. For sure, I'm down. Get one, I'll I'll get one too, and then uh, we'll be able to talk about it next week, what we have on there. My handstand will be on there. And Mm. uh, I think that's a great idea. Boom. So, I think that's it, man. Anything else? No, I think uh, that that wraps it up for me. Solid episode six. Solid, solid, solid. So, uh, real quick. Everybody that's listening, thank you. Actually, more people have been reaching out um, than, you know, we can see obviously how many listens and everything. And so we, there are people listening, which is awesome and appreciate everybody that's listening. Um, that's pretty cool and uh, makes us want to, uh, again, we're going to do it anyway, makes us want to keep doing it, man. And then um, more people have been reaching out. I've been getting some messages um, and a couple more people sharing and liking. And um, that's really cool, too. Uh, and if you, you know, if you're somebody that is listening and you, you know, you 
we go through a couple episodes and you're like, man, I wasn't really feeling those. I wish they'd talk about something more like this. Shoot us a message. Say it. We'll, we'll do it. We'll incorporate that kind of stuff, especially in the Friday 15s. Thank everybody for checking out that little Friday 15 segment um, yeah. Drew put together. And uh, we want that to be a little more interactive, too. So that doesn't have to be about development. It can be about anything. So if you got anything that you think would be funny to hear us talk about or not funny or development or advice or, you know, whatever, maybe you don't want our advice. That's fine. Um, <laughs> just hit us up and say talk about something and we will. Um, we want to keep those quick and fun and uh, every Friday. But, again, just thank you, everybody. I think it's really cool people are listening. Yeah, greatly appreciated, you know, the support and love. And, you know, we're doing this, you know, partly for us to to grow and develop. And, and we want to, you know, you guys to benefit as well on whatever the case may be. But um, just showing you can get out there and make shit happen, you know. Get weird with it. So uh, until next time, um, take a little minute in, until you until you hear from us next time to grow your brain a little bit, dude. Get it bigger. Stay productive and get shit done.